This is Colin Zenshu, the podcast, episode 331 for the week of April 21st, 2013. What up, folks? Us, welcome to Kan Zen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Kan Zen Shu. We cover anything, and I don't even know what's going on, and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike Vegito EX. I am the ringleader of the entire Kan Zen Shu Empire, except I share it with three other guys, but none of them are here right now, so I'm going to take credit for everything, anything and everything. Konzenshu is that awesome Dragon Ball website. We come at you in your ears every week for a podcast and joining me is uh, none of the rest of the Konzenshu crew. So joining me instead, let's call him option K because he's not A, B, C, D. We go all the way down to K. Goodness. Curvifer. Hi, how are you? It's it's pretty low on the uh, the rung there, isn't it? Uh, well, you know. Well, no, that's understandable. This is my I think third or fourth episode on the show, and I've listened to all three hundred of them. For those of you, if you're turning in, if you're tuning into the show because I plugged it on my Twitter and Tumblr and all that, eventually, uh, I've been a fan of this show for many years, and I've gone to the site for many years. It has been my number one source for. Dragon Ball news, and uh, and and I'm very happy to be on here. So. Oh, I appreciate that. I was gonna say, I mean, to me, you're just that kid who comes to the site, and I think <laughs> I've said this to you before, but yeah. but you're kind of above and beyond just being a kid now. You like have followers and do projects and stuff. Well, yeah, but you know, I am also just another Dragon Ball fan at heart. I know, and, I know, and I appreciate that. And you guys always give me what I need to see and what I what I need to learn. You know, above people. Just posting YouTube comments that only grew up with the show on Toonami. Oh, geez. Don't, don't do the YouTube thing. <laughs> Julian talked about YouTube last week. You know yeah, all about that. Don't that do may, it. Don't that made do me it. very sad. Oh, God. Uh, so as you can tell by Kerber for being here, that means it's not a standard episode. No, that's not why it's a non-standard episode. Uh, it's been a really weird weekend for everyone here at Konzenshu. So uh, it's going to be one of those, hey, let's catch up on emails and tweets and questions kind of episode. Because you guys, I think someone even called us out on it lately. It's like, hey, haven't really answered any questions from folks lately. We know. Trust us, we know. We have tons of your questions. We'll try to do as many as we can here, just myself and the Curbster. So that's kind of the plan. Although if you come to us normally on a weekly basis, you know what to expect. You've got the regular topic, the in-depth discussion about some important or not so important or totally fanboy, angsty, ragey discussion thing. And then we've got, uh, we haven't done releases in a long time, which is really weird because have you seen some of the pictures I've been putting up about all the crap I've been getting in. Yeah, and yet there's nothing like actually new coming out with this, despite the the movie being the big deal in the world right now. But. It's weird. I mean, the the new quote unquote new stuff is just here's a bunch of magazines that Julian's done translating, and there's like two pages of Dragon Ball stuff in there, and the rest is like girly stuff. I think he sent me stuff because he's embarrassed by his wife and his daughter seeing these magazines around. <laughs> so that's my house now. Is is just filled with with lots of shit that julian sends you from japan yeah all the yeah. time yep well no it's it's been great you 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 run that poor guy ragged like i i swear to god like i, I don't understand i julian if you're listening to this episode i i commend you for being able to take care of a family and a baby and another baby <laughs> <laughs> and and you go see a movie between teaching and like good lord he's 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 a superhero i'm sometimes. telling you man it's because the way that time zones 
are strange, as you may know from trying to communicate with people across the world. So the way that this is kind of our introductory stuff, because it's a weird, fun filled, nothing episode. So we're just going to do this. We'll tell stories and then we'll do questions and stuff. So the way that time zones work for me right now in Julian is it's flip the AM PM and add one. So right now for me, I'm recording at about 440 PM. That means it would be about 540 AM over in Japan. So you can kind of see how we work out schedules. Uh, if it's late evening for me, it'd be early morning for him, that kind of thing. So usually my leaving work corresponds with his going to work. So I'll be kind of, I'll have left or I'm driving or by that point I'm at the gym and I get these texts from Julian like, hey, I'm on the train. Hey, I got today's magazine. Here's cool stuff from it. And he's sending me pictures and translations I'm like, well, I'm not at the office anymore. So now this will take another two hours before we can update with stuff. So uh, it's, it's kind of weird how that breakdown happens, but it's super, super fun. I am just so grateful, not only that Julian is in Japan during all of this just amazing awesomeness, but that his wife is such a wonderful, understanding woman. <laughs> For she'd have to be, I, I got to say. But uh, uh, it's yeah. it, ser- it served you guys well because I mean like with the ridiculous amount of new probably more than like since you started the podcast coming out so frequently I mean the fact that you guys are so on top of it all the time and immediately get it out there in a concise and like intelligent manner so people can figure out what's going on with the movie and all the new games and all this other press shit it's it's impressive I I am very proud of you guys thank you i mean ah too i don't know how he does it but he's kind of had a slow week now that uh schools are or now the kids are coming back to school so you could kind of see when it was that the kids were out of school because there would be like five new interviews thrown up all at once and now the kids are back in school and it's like well yep still working on that one interview cricket (laughs) cricket yeah well but i mean i think it's okay because now that the a bit of the hype has died down because the the new movie is out. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and and now we can you know, everybody can breathe for five seconds. You know, right, right. I so. mean, and the stuff that we're catching up on is none of it's really groundbreaking stuff. Uh, anything that was truly coloring our interpretation of the movie or gave us some really good insight into how things were created. We've already done all that stuff. So I know some of the things he has left are kind of like the Naho Oishi little tidbits about the movie. And I think there's another V jump interview somewhere and it's just nothing really exciting at this point, but it's, well, we might as well get to translating this. So you can continue to look forward to it. Curbster knows you all know Kanzenshi best place to read accurate translations of anything Dragon Ball right now. So that kind of wraps up uh, the Konzenshu side of Dragon Ball stuffage. I guess I'll ask you, man, have uh, you been doing any Dragon Ball things going on? Have you been working on anything, enjoying anything in particular, reading, watching, visiting? I don't know. Uh, You know, I've been considering, I haven't done this yet, but I've been strongly considering going back and watching all of the uh, the Z movies again. Uh, I own most of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, oh, that might be kind of a fun way to you know, hype myself up for when eventually Battle of Gods will hopefully come out in some way, shape, or form for us to see it. Right. But, um... All right, so l- let me interrupt you there. Uh, are you importing the DVD or Blu-ray this year, or are you going to wait for a domestic release? Uh, oh, for Battle of Gods? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm going to hold out for a, a true American release. I... I'm not... I, I'm not going to be skeptical and think, oh, we're never going to get it. Oh, petitions. Oh, we have to get... like. I'm sure Funimation has long since already been doing everything they can to get their hands on it. I know. I, I mean, you do work. And well, by the time we get to the end of the episode, we'll kind of explain, oh, you know, he does this and he works on these kind of things. I mean, you're in a good position to know you don't have to kind of make this effort 
to get this movie released. I mean, it's kind of a big deal, and anyone who's in any position to do anything is probably working their ass off to get it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I mean, mean <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm fine with being patient, and I know full well I've read your uh, you know your synopsis of what happened in the movie. I actually read it aloud for just like <laughs> for voiceover practice, just the Did hell you? of it. Yeah, it took me like an hour, but uh, that's funny. No, I, I'm full aware of like what happens in the movie, but I'm still excited. I can still be patient for when it eventually comes out over here, and I'm I'm excited to see you know how it's going to turn out in the U.S. I I think it'll be almost as big of a hit over here as it is in Japan right now. Yeah, um, yeah. you know. So yeah, but uh, otherwise, other Dragon Ball stuff. Uh, I I feel like maybe something else, but I I can't remember exactly offhand. But I have I have been thinking about rewatching all the. Uh, the movies again at some point because uh, I do I do enjoy the movies for what they are and that might be a good little setup for when we eventually get it. So all right, so so here's a question for you. One of these questions has no correct answer, and one of these questions has only one correct answer. Uh, your favorite movie? Oh wow. Um, you know what I like? And please, please say the Japanese title of movie nine. Ginga giri giri buchigiri no Yeah, so the BoJack movie that one. Okay, <laughs> I, do, I do enjoy that one, and also. Uh, what are some other ones? That I I do have kind of a soft spot for the second Broly movie because it was one of the first things I watched in Japanese for Z. Oh, okay. No, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, uh, which I, I really enjoyed. And I was like, oh, Videl and Pond have the same Japanese actress. Like, I, even back then I was noticing things like that and because mm. uh, I saw some GT yeah, stuff yeah. in Japanese before I saw uh, Z in English. Gotcha. Uh, and also, I like the... The Janemba movie and the, you know, the, the the last couple movies like the Janemba one and the uh, the Dragon Fist movie, you know, sure. those those are all fun. Those so. Fine choices. All right. So your least favorite movie, and here's where there's only one correct answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, not a, not a big fan of Lord Slug. Um, <laughs> all right, so I, I, you I, win. I, yeah, I I also I don't know. I don't want to say Tree of Might is a bad movie. I feel like it's a little overhyped by people. Like everyone always thinks of that one first when it comes to DVZ movies, and it, it's not bad. It's 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 fun for what it is, but it's just like eh. It's well, you're wrong on that. But I think a lot of that is because it was aired uh, over here in North America. It was one little special insert, even though they didn't say, "Hey, this is going to be special." Yeah, they they did break it up into three parts in the middle of season two, and by season I mean. TV broadcast season, not orange brick season. So there is that. So I think people have a lot of uh, nostalgic familiarity with that movie. But man, I think movie three does a lot of cool stuff with silence that other movies don't do. And just it's got haunting music. It's got some weird in between animation, though. So I don't know. That's fair. I mean, like when I when I watch it, I still enjoy it just like I did back then. So maybe if I go back and watch it again, I'll still be like, eh, this this does hold up. It's, When's the it's last good. time you watched any of the movies? Uh, you know, I think I think the last time I watched the movies was when I got the the redub of the first three in that box set. Oh wow, the and, first strike box set, right? Yeah, I think. Man, that was like back at the beginning of when we started the podcast in like wait, 05. Wait, was it really? No, yeah. then I, I, I'm sure I probably watched like. Some of the other ones, like, just scattered around. Let's say, man, that was like eight years ago. You have to watch the movie since then. Oh, Lord. Okay, I I don't remember, but I I have watched it, like, all of them at least twice, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's been a while since I've watched any of them in general, so I I, I should go back and uh, and check those out again. I think the last one I watched was movie nine uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, over a lunch break. (laughs) I love that one. I think think part of the reason I like that one so much is because it can fit into the story pretty okay. Oh. you're one of those people like oh if it works that means i can like it well no it's not that i think that that's something that it helps adds with something. it yeah like the fact that it's, it's that. in that little in-between period from 
the end yeah, of Cell yeah. and the beginning of Boo, and Gohan's a little older. The designs are cool. The premise mm-hmm. is cool. It's like, oh, these are these are, even like the the name puns of like BoJack and all his henchmen are are kind of uh, it's you know, crazy right, awesome. It's got such good right music that though. Sorry. So that's just, you know. I'll, fi- I'll find some way to forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about movies, I'm going to start picking out key pieces. All right. So that's kind of the uh, stuffage we have going on. It's been a rather slow week in terms of news, but we may as well talk about the news before we hit your questions. All right, so we'll start it off with uh, kind of an update on Battle of Gods, how it's doing over there in Japan. As of last week, it had broken that 2 billion yen mark in uh, 15 days, so just about two weeks, a little bit over there, uh, two weeks. And it was the number one movie for three weeks in a row over there in Japan. Uh, On Saturday and Sunday that week alone, the attendance was a little bit under 180,000 people, and the gross revenues were over 228 million yen there. And there are a couple other updates since then. Uh, It's slowing down a little bit. It's doing super well. I'm pretty sure I saw a new commercial today. Someone linked somewhere that they're advertising. Hey, it's going to be golden week. Why don't you go see it then? Julian's been talking about that, where it's going to slow down a little bit because kids are getting back to school because you know how the Japanese school system is. It's not like here where we have months and months and months off. Uh, So there was a little bit less of an opportunity for families to go back out, but golden week will give them a little bit of an opportunity to head back to the movies, perhaps as a family. So uh, what do you think about this, man? They're uh, clearly going to hit their own internal goal, which we talked about the 3 billion Yen. But overall, seems to be doing great, right? Yeah, I'm blown away. I mean, like this is for Dragon. I mean, I love Dragon Ball, obviously, but but for something like even just like a movie, I wouldn't expect it to do this insanely well. And it, it's making me really excited, not just for you know seeing the movie itself, but the fact that like the franchise is just like this beloved by people, you know. Yeah. And it, and it gives me more hope that like Fox or whoever in charge is going to be like, yeah, we need to show more people this because this is clearly going to, you know, do well everywhere. Yeah, that, that's definitely part of it. The It's doing so well. I mean, they could easily ignore it and just say, oh, it's you know, it's just this Japanese thing. Of course, it's going to do well over there. But if it hits their goals and keeps steady at this rate, that's more of an, oh, all right, maybe we should try to make an effort to more timely distribute this. You know, also the Golden Week uh, tie-in thing, I, I just realized they could do some relatively clever marketing with that. I don't know if they chose the, to make that decision or if the commercial you mentioned has anything to do with that. But like the amount of Saiyans, the amount of days in a week, the Super yeah, right. Saiyan hair, the golden hair. It's like, ah, you could do something funny. And, it practically and writes itself. Yeah, really. Yeah, kind of tied in with that with just making jokes and marketing. One of my favorite old commercials was for sparking neo i think it was the second game when that came out on the wii uh over in japan it was we got a power in the oh god Uh, 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 so clever (sighs) so yes they should do more of that kind of stuff because it makes you groan and chuckle at the same time you know I, i gotta say too even people who haven't been keeping up extensively with the movie news i've seen so many tweets and tumblr posts about 
the Super Saiyan fries. Was that that was the KFC thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. There's yeah, been the, like three rounds of KFC stuff. That yeah, that totally took the internet by storm. People loved the fries. The Super Saiyan fries and the and the dragon chicken balls, which look kind of nasty. I'm not a big fan of KFC anymore, but my favorite part was Julian going and trying on all the foods and be like, mm, I thought this character was delicious. <laughs> Good. Great. <laughs> Thank you, Julian, for that. Speaking of Julian, I guess he has to do with the next uh, bit of news, if that's the, the end of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is one of those, Julian's in Japan. Let's just send him to go do stuff, because we can, and that's great. So we've been telling you all about this uh, Akira Toriyama, the world of Dragon Ball, this kind of traveling exhibit. It started off over in Tokyo, but since it hit him in Osaka, off he went to check it out. And unfortunately, no pictures are allowed inside the exhibit. So all we have are a couple pictures of heading into the exhibit and a great picture of Julian actually uh, performing a Kamehameha from a manga cutout. It's like a push or something. I, and I can't read the, uh, the katakana, but... <laughs> And he has two sets of hands because Goku's hands are yeah. in the blast and then he's there. So it's like, uh, I don't quite get that. I mean, I guess the, the drawn hands are there as a guide for where you should put it. But I feel like everyone kind of knows what you're supposed to do. Yeah, so, I guess I, so. I don't know. It's strange. So that's why there's only pictures of the cutouts kind of leading in. I think there's a security officer there. He's probably like, sir, you need to put your phone away at this point. Uh, so that's why we don't have pictures of inside and some of the really cool stuff. And I can't even begin to paraphrase all the cool things that Julian saw in this exhibit, but lots of original drafts and sketches. And he was even able to break down like, oh, you know, I can see this picture over here. And oh, this is how this picture came to be used on this. And this was erased and drawn on top of so it's amazing fascinating please be sure to check out the article it's right there on the homepage of the website right now we'll of course link it with this podcast episode in case you didn't get a chance to read it so by all means go check that out so chris you are finally someone on the show that plays video games uh yes i i, I am indeed thank you thank you thank you so what is your perspective right now on dragon ball heroes ultimate mission which is of course locked away on the japanese nintendo 3ds you've been keeping up with it the news everything about it are you excited to play do you wish you could play it uh honestly i think it's it's a cool idea i'm not interested personally because i feel like because the franchise is something that like americans inherently can't invest themselves in uh, I don't see a, a, a very big chance of it coming out over here. Mm. I think that more likely we're going to end up getting whatever the next console game is, which I'd imagine would be either uh, a home port of Zenkai Battle Royale or a Battle of Gods the game at mm. some point, uh, which I would have would probably wager they'll do at some point in the next year or so. You think so? You think they'll go direct to just tying in immediately directly to a movie? Yeah, I think that the the next game will, and I'm sure it'll have like all of the other Z characters in it. You can do yeah, the sure. typical start from right, it's go on to the end, yada yada. But then oh, I think, yay. I, yeah, but I think that they'll have, I'll have it, they'll have it marketed as like Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods, the video game, basically. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, but for Dragon Ball Heroes, uh, I mean, Ultimate Mission looks cool. I, I'm sure for you know, kids and, and players in Japan that have been following that franchise for a while, I'm, I'm sure it's probably a lot of fun. And it, it's it's cool to see that they're they're doing console versions and you know, even for handheld stuff now. Uh, just for me personally, since I, I've i never been one for card video games, uh, and since just that sect of the DBZ franchise is not something for Americans anyway, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can't get too invested but i do like it's it's amusing seeing some of the uh 
scrape from the bottom of the barrel playable characters they have in there sometimes. I think the yeah. uh, the different classes of uh, like like it's cool to see female versions of like the Saiyans and other characters like that. That's always neat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it it's cute for what it is. I guess I just can't get too excited about a game that I know I'm probably not going to be able to play anyway. <laughs> All right, well, fine. Now that you're not excited, let me tell you about how well it's been doing over in Japan. Good. <laughs> it's been out for seven weeks now, and I pff, this game has been fascinating. And I use that word a lot, but I actually mean it this time because it debuted really strong. It did well for a little bit. Then it totally took a drop. And then Battle of Gods came out and it was like, oh, no, I'm back at number six on the media create list. But now it's starting to fall back down again uh, for its seventh week. It did fall off the media create list. The media create is kind of weird. Like you get the initial numbers and you get sales figures for, I think, the top 20. And then a couple days later, I know that you kind of start filling out the rest of the media create list beyond that but without sales figures and i think since we posted this story ultimate mission was number 22 on the media create list so it did fall down there but then over the famitsu sale list a little bit different reporting slightly different numbers but then we did get an update here for ultimate mission uh famitsu says it did just about another 5,000 copies for its seventh week which was april 8th to april 14th but overall that means it still has done over 160,000 copies over there in japan it is one of the better portable handheld Dragon Ball franchise games since the big relaunch in 2002. So, Kerbifer is not excited. Well, re- remind me again. Do the do the console games? Do they? I mean, has, has this been doing better than like you know the last couple of console games that have come out? Yeah. So. <sighs> Very, very different because the console games also have international distribution usually. I mean, most of the portable ones do as well. So, like, I'm going to say these numbers and it's going to sound drastically different, but you also have to consider the install base of certain things. So, anyway, uh, Raging Blast... One, I think, did 570,000 copies in its first year on the PS3 Definitely, because, you know, Japan lolls 360. They don't even bother reporting those numbers. Right, yeah. And then I think Raging Blast 2 dropped a little bit from there. And then Ultimate Blast, which we got as Ultimate Tenkaichi, jumped back up to Raging Blast 1 levels. And, and for some reason, 570,000 is the number number jumping back out at me. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. So 160,000 doesn't sound very convincing next to a number like that. And perhaps it really isn't when you consider just how strong the 3DS is over in Japan right now. I mean, it is back at the DS light launch levels of just exploding popularity over there yeah, in Japan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, it probably could be doing better, but it's also a different time because I mean, if you listen to any video game analysis, it's like, well, smartphones, what are you going to do? So the fact that it's still done 160,000 copies and that's better than pretty much all, but maybe two portable Dragon Ball games since 2002, we're going to consider this a success from our perspective. All right. Well, I mean, that that's fine. I'm certainly not off put by the existence of the game. I think that like, it's cool that all parts of the franchise are doing well, even like a, like a sub part of the games, you know, I mean, this is, this in itself is its own kind of separate animal. Yeah, it it really is like way more so than 
any other Dragon Ball game. Yeah, no, so I, I think it's good that it's doing well. Uh, I just, I, I would be very, very surprised if we ended up getting it over here, so. Yeah, me too. I mean, if you listen to us a few weeks back, our buddy Jake Herms, of course, has been playing it over uh, off on Jupiter on his Japanese Nintendo 3DS, and his response at the time was, well, don't lose any sleep over it, and I think that's really how it is. Um, that's going to wrap up our news, though, man. It's It was a slow week. I kind of liked it. Yeah, for once, but, you know, just, just wait, just wait. I'm sure things will be picking up back again maybe another month or so yeah uh we we should not breathe ever (laughs) not allowed all right so what we're gonna do now we've we've got you filled with just stuffage and stories and fun times and now we got y'all cut up on news now it's time to answer your questions you're gonna keep us on our toes All right, the questions we are plowing through here, many, many, many of them have come in through the contact form over on Kanzenshu, Kanzenshu.com. And I did tweet out, this is one of those Twitter-exclusive episodes. It's a great way for you to uh, interact with us on Twitter, on Facebook. I decided today, hey, this is Twitter only. All you folks, you're the ones who get to drive the show. So uh, I think we'll kind of jump back and forth all over the place and do questions here and there from various people. Chris, I've shared a bunch of them with you already, and I'll keep pasting more in as more come in. Start us off here. Sure. Uh, Kendamu Josh asked, uh, what kind of beer does Kamesendin drink? Uh, well, considering <laughs> I don't drink alcohol and I have no idea a brewski from a broski, uh, I, I just going to ask, didn't he drink frothy water? I mean, <laughs> yes. this is kind of confusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was blue. Oh man. All right. If I had to pick the type of beer that the olden turtle hermit would drink, ah, you know, he's getting up there in age. And by getting up there, I mean, like, he's fucking old. So I have to imagine that his tolerance is not what it used to be uh, back during the fun old days of Kamisenin and Sudusenin kind of meandering around town with their wonderful drunken rampages. Good, good untold stories there. All right. So considering he's old, I think the type of beer he drinks, he's probably a shitty Coors Light, Miller Light kind of guy because he's living on that nice little tropical island and he just wants something light and kind of crisp, but not too heavy. And he's not into this kind of like crafty beer with a higher alcohol content. So I think... When I pick, Kamisenin's a Coors Light kind of guy. That sounds like it perfectly fits his personality. I don't know anything about beer. Yeah, yeah, what's the next question? (laughs) (laughs) And might I add, it's a terrible choice, but he's an old man, so we'll just go with that. Let's jump over to Twitter and see what kind of questions we got over here. Uh, This kind of jumps in with some of our earlier conversations here. Saiyajin Slayer asks, what will be released first in the U.S.? The Jump Super Anime Tour Special or Battle of Gods? What do you think, Curbster? Uh, at the, that's the third time you've called me that. I know, that's me, what I'm going with. Me, that's your new name. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I think that the Battle of Gods movie has a better shot of coming out here by this point. I think, I think so, uh, Yeah, I think the, the Jump Anime Tour has kind of gone past its time of being relevant by this point. I mean, you know, you never know. I mean, they, they might possibly do something with it in tandem with Battle of Gods. But considering the party thing is kind of similar to it, I would yeah, imagine like it's true. Uh, if it's been that difficult to get a hold of it in the first place, they probably just want to focus more on the here and now and the here and now is the movie. Yeah, so. absolutely. And we've talked about if you've been following Konzenshu, I mean, we've covered it since 2000. We're in the fifth anniversary of 
Jump Super Anime Tour special this year. That's kind of crazy. Later this year, expect a five-year retrospective on that. We'll watch it. I think I'll watch it for the first time in four years. I don't think I've watched it in four years. Uh, but that was partially produced. It was made by Shueisha. Not to- of course, Toei animated it, but it was put on for Jump Festa. Well, not Jump Festa, the Jump Super Anime Tour special. Episode of Bardock was Jump Festa. But you can see how Shueisha is involved in those things. So it's uh, a little bit more difficult than... Here is Toei's movie. You get Toei's movie by paying Toei for Toei's movie. And even Battle of Gods, as we've been talking about, is a little more convoluted than that because you've got this production committee because it's a real movie and not just an older animation festival movie. Now you got Fox on board, so there's a lot of stuff there. So I agree, Battle of Gods is probably more likely to come out first and probably only. But yeah, yeah and you know what? I mean, I think the effort to, to try and get it would would be put forth more than just getting a special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Jump Festa specials and the anime tour stuff, that very rarely gets released outside of Japan because they're usually shorter things and probably more work than it's worth putting in with the amount of piracy these days. I mean, why bother dealing with all those extra companies if... You're not really going to sell it. I mean, it's not like it used to be where everything's on the shelf at Best Buy and Target and Walmart. You know, I, I, something something just hit me a second ago. This is a slight tangent. but right. So I know a lot of people have been like, oh, I hope Funimation gets it. I hope Funimation gets it. And like I said earlier, I'm sure they're doing everything in their power to, yeah. to get it. But wouldn't it be funny? And, I, and I'm thinking of this only because this almost happened once many years ago. I, I don't know if it was Warner Brothers or whatever powers in charge. But when the first Pokemon movie was coming out over here uh-huh. and this is no this is no word of a lie I, I won't i won't declare my source but i know this this for a fact that movie was almost dubbed by celebrities and oh, i'm yeah. not yeah and and i if i'm remembering correctly i believe leo dicaprio was going to be ash i mean that movie was huge it was yeah. beyond huge and that was the trend for larger anime movies over here in the u.s is do the celebrity voices as disney has always done with the ghibli stuff so they probably wanted to go that route and maybe have the parents enjoy it a little more than they were going to yeah and uh and i think even at the very least they were considering doing that with uh with with just mewtwo Mm. uh but they ultimately decided like eh, let's just stick with the people that we have um but i I was thinking about like man if if fox like decided well why don't we just do it ourselves and like if they ended up doing something similar with uh with battle of gods that would be i can't take credit for this but the most wonderful choice would be use the evolution cast those are the voices oh god consistency man you want inconsistency right the voices you know and love consistent voices in a theatrical presentation that would be really really bizarre I would be hysterical, man. What the fuck do I care? That would be amazing. I would probably enjoy it more so that way. Oh, really? You really fa- listen, man. I, I don't. I don't want to be slanderous here, but like, have you heard celebrities behind microphones in like CG animated movies when they don't know what the hell they're doing? Oh yeah, I've seen some outtakes, but I'm sure there's more to every story that is out there. Yeah, but either way, I, I think just the thought of like, I don't know, throwing people like Michael Keaton or whatever into a, into a Dragon Ball Z movie just just even to the thought of it is it would why'd be you go to Michael but... Keaton? Why is that the first actor? You because go to? you were thinking. Of, you were making me think of Studio. 
Studio Ghibli, and I was thinking about Porco Rosso. Oh, okay. And I gotcha. believe I believe he was Porco Rosso in that. So, all right, let's take some more questions. Why don't you jump okay. back over to the outline? Uh, question from Adam. Sure, Adam asked, "Hey, I'm new to this website, so I'm not sure if you've answered this question or not. But I was wondering if there was some place I could check to know when you'll be posting a future uh, future post and what it will be about. If not, then maybe you could do it over Twitter or something if it's not too much trouble, just to give your followers a specific date to look forward to instead of being left in the dark." Just a suggestion, thanks. That suggestion was re- in response to the Osaka exhibit, guys. It was amazing, and they, they, they had wonderful souvenirs. I think I just spent 12,000 yen. Anyway, just want to point out one thing for people that go kind of sucks. There's no pictures allowed outside. It's funny. So I guess Adam is over there in Japan as well. I wonder if uh, Adam and Julian inadvertently ran into each other during these exhibits. Though Adam doesn't say if he's in Tokyo or Osaka. Definitely one of those two places. So here's the deal. Kanzenshu is not our job. <laughs> this is actually just a thing we do on the side because we love Dragon Ball and we love working on this stuff. So uh, although I pretend often that we actually have an editorial schedule. Uh, We don't really because our real jobs take priority over this stuff. So uh, occasionally we do know when we have something cool going on, uh, we can post about it ahead of time. Like, hey, look forward to this date. We'll be doing this thing, such as the X review of Awesomeness ongoing part of the podcast, which I know is several months out of date again. Although I did receive a very, very exciting email from a certain review of Awesomeness co-host this week. So look forward to more things with him. But we do like to give heads up whenever we can about certain stuff. But just in general, podcast comes out usually every Monday evening. So that's always something you can look forward to. If there's a big event over in Japan, usually Julian will be going to it whenever it happens. Uh, If it's in Osaka, he'll go then usually he can't travel too much except for the Hokotake screening, which uh, I know we want to talk about again in the future because uh, that episode aired. And <laughs> I don't know, Chris, did you see shots of Julian from that episode by any chance? Uh, from the episode of what? Hokotate, the uh, quiz show. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait. Did he get to do something on TV for that? Because I thought he wasn't. No, uh, he did in. not make the final um, quiz. Uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Come on, Mike. You know, you're, you're on a podcast. You're supposed to be using your words appropriately the final group of uh, expert fans no he did not make that but they did show a whole bunch of uh, film from the initial interviews and tryouts and stuff and because it's Lol's white guy in Japan there are a couple of nice uh, close-ups on Julian during the episode. oh no okay no I haven't seen that I didn't even know that that was up somewhere uh, well I mean the episode internet you can find whatever you need to find on the internet julian being in japan has the episode because he's in japan uh we'll have to share some screenshots next time we talk about that episode on the show because it's wonderful seeing our buddy over there on japanese tv uh so there's that uh just other upcoming stuff we, we yeah we try to tell you what's going on but uh we don't always know what's going on because sometimes we get home and we're like oh shit this just happened let's try and talk about it so that's kind of the inside baseball of how Kanzenshi runs it's it's uh, not as exciting or as well thought out as you might think. Yeah, sorry, folks, but <laughs> they do their best. So, you know, be understanding, please. Yep. All right. Let's jump back over to Twitter. See what we have over here. I think there's some more Battle of Gods questions. Uh, let's see. 
uh, Dragon Ball Redux. Uh, had Super Saiyan God's story been altered to reflect the changes to Battle of God's overall story, what would you have liked seen, like to have seen done instead? I guess is the question. So Chris, I know you were just saying you read the entire synopsis of Battle of Gods. Uh, did you check out the episode recently where we talked about what the initial ideas for the story were? Yes, I did. Um, you know, it's interesting. My, my first thought when I when I first found out how the uh, and I, I guess we'll try to stay relatively yeah we'll talk around it as best we can yeah uh the the super saiyan god transformation which i guess is that's that it, it exists is no secret to people but right. the way that it, the way that it happened uh the first time i heard how it is like activated i guess the first thing i thought of was toible's dragon ball af thing you know i've heard a lot of that and um so here's one of those like pauses inside the story before we get back to the story something that i recently put up on konzenchu people have been asking me for oh like seven years and i finally did it is a page that lists every review we've done on the podcast that includes a listing of all the manga review of awesomeness the ongoing gt review of awesomeness video game reviews and miscellaneous reviews and a couple of them were toybles af and dragon ball multiverse i'm like oh when did i do toybles af holy crap that was years and years and years ago so so all of this was, oh, is that something that's in that story? Maybe I should go check that out. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's not exactly the same, uh-huh. but I, I found it just kind of ironic that that was something that was similar. And what was funny to me was that I guess that that Goku's reaction to it mm. uh, being kind of like, I don't like this yeah. is kind of funny in that. Haha, this is such like a like a fan fiction kind of transformation. Like just the the whole idea of Super Saiyan God uh-huh. sounds kind of silly. And the fact that Goku's reaction is is not like, yeah, I did it. I'm gonna stop the bad guy. I'm like, he's more just like, oh, uh, I don't really like this very much. Right. It's you not know? under my own control, my own power, that kind of stuff. It to to me that was almost. I don't want to get too serious and be like, oh, that was beautiful. But I think that that it represented something kind of cool mm. about Toriyama's writing and like what truly is Dragon Ball yeah, yeah. from him and not and not like up to you know fans interpretation and that's no uh you know slam against Toyable I actually like his his AF comic quite a bit but uh I just thought that that, that was kind of funny just inherently how the whole uh concept of it was uh but I don't know I mean in terms of how it was originally like in the 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 early version of the movie's ideas uh, I don't know if it would have necessarily have been better. I think that, you know, and I can speak for myself when, when I develop a concept in a, you know, for a story and, and something very in depth like that. Uh, I think that ultimately the final product ends up being what it needs to have been and not the very first idea that you had. Mm. I think that the early ideas of having uh, the God of Destruction character be extremely black and white evil, infecting the Saiyans and making them and being the reason why they're evil and everything. I liken it to, uh, I guess this is a Bleach spoiler, but I don't care like what Bleach fans are listening to this. Uh, Aizen, <laughs> the, the, the main, the main bad guy. Oh, at the I, time I know who Bleach. that character is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Aizen was obviously the lead villain of that series for a long time, and then towards the end of the battle with him, it turns out that he was responsible for all of the things that happened at the beginning of the series, including Rukia showing up and Ichigo becoming a Soul Reaper and blah, blah, blah. He set all of that up to happen exactly the way it was. Okay. And 
to me, it's like, you know, no offense, Kubo, but that's kind of cheapening your own story. I was I don't just going to say, that's kind of cheap, where it's, oh, well, I always meant for this to be this way. And I mean, I think that sometimes it's interesting to have stuff like that, like the fact that the God of Destruction knows about Frieza, or, you know, certain characters that show up later know about other things happening. I think that's fine, because it's, it's cool to have different characters sort of in the loop of different things, or like the fact that Vegeta knew who the God of Destruction was ahead of time, and they play that up as a gag, and they make that into a whole thing in the movie. Uh, I think that that's utilizing it well. But having something where, oh, everything that ever happened is because of this new thing that we just came up with. Mm, yeah, that that does, that totally feels cheap. Like, ah, I got nowhere else to go. Let's just say this was always a plan. Right. And, and also, to go, to go back to the Bleach thing for a second, I don't know if maybe that was his plan all along. It very <laughs> maybe well, the plan it, was the plan. Yeah, I mean, it, it very well could have been. He's Like, like Taikubo... Welcome to the Bleach cast. Taikubo has, has uh, you know, introduced or drawn pictures of characters like years ahead of time before they were revealed in the actual story. Mm, so okay. maybe I'm wrong, but at least it, it came off that way. And I'm likening it to the early Battle of Gods concept because I think that people would have been more like, oh, that's lame. Why would you do that? As opposed to, oh, that's cool. That explains everything. That's why this and this and this. It's like, yeah. eh. Yeah, I, I think the way I fall is there were definitely some neat ideas in there and I'm glad to see that some of them still carried forward into the final version, but especially getting Toriyama involved and be like, no, listen, I'm the author. Here's how I think this should go. I think it made a really big difference and I'm kind of yeah. glad for it. Uh, we'll do another Battle of Gods question here. I don't know if you'll be able to answer this. Uh, Jacob asks, how do you feel about Sumitomo's score? That would be the musical score, of course. Uh, not like a review score <laughs> for a Battle of Gods. Now, obviously, I haven't seen the movie, but I do have the soundtrack in. and I've listened to that a bit. I will have a full review for that up on the site at some point. I know I still owe people my review of the Flow CD single. It's mostly done. Crazy week. Got to do final writing proofing on that. Um Chris, have you checked out the soundtrack in any capacity? I actually completely forgot that the soundtrack was out separately, so I have not checked it out. Gotcha. But, that's, uh, that's totally fine. But what would you, uh, I mean, what would you liken it to if there was any, like, pre-existing example of, like, Dragon Ball music that it's kind of like, if there you know, is any? I, I hate to say this, but I think the closest thing I can compare it to would be the original score for the original plan to eradicate the science where it was uh, i hate using video game as like this pejorative term because i love video games and just you work on video games so it's not like we're trying to downplay video games in any capacity but it does sound kind of this not uh, conceived as an integral part of of telling the story, but kind of this added after to accentuate things and not always working in tandem perfectly with it. It's, it's okay. And there are a few things that I really love. And some of those are the variations on Hedgehala. There's a great version of Hedgehala, kind of a little instrumental diddly toward the end of the film. It sounds like it is just spectacular. It's great on the soundtrack, but the original material it all just sounds kind of like, and here's the exciting part of my music, and here's the lullaby part of my music. It's not really sticking out to me, but I obviously need to see it in context of the movie itself, because right now it's just this totally separate entity, and I'm almost assigning it these roles 
that I only know by title and like I know it was used in this scene. So I'm kind of picturing it. So I can't really give it a proper review yet, but I think that's also a valid review where it's this is just a piece of music and it says Dragomall on it. What do I think of it? So I don't really know yet. <laughs> yeah, the thing to take into consideration too is I think that this might possibly be the first time. Well, no, that's not true. I, I mean, I know that the the previous movies have had new tracks in them, and then they were later used in the show as well. Yep. So I don't know if maybe some of those music tracks were uh, like like scored as in they were put to the pre-existing animation. Oh, well, well, we'll get this. Some of the music from the Battle of God soundtrack was in the Dream 9 uh, collaboration special. Oh, the uh, the DBZ uh, Toriko One Piece thing? Yeah, yeah. So they're already oh. using it in like that kind of capacity. So that's an interesting point, I suppose. Oh, okay. Well, th- I mean, that that I think is fair because the, you know they have these assets they can utilize. Yeah, might as well use it. Yeah. But in terms of the, it coming from the movie specifically, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know if the previous uh, movies from back then, if the new tracks that they would have specifically for, you know, Dead Zone or Tree of Might or whatever, uh, would be scored to a certain scene and then just used later for other stuff. That's what it but, seemed like. Yeah, they were scored specifically for that part of the movie and then retroactively used in the TV series as, oh, this feels like it would fit here. Okay, but then at the same time, they would still use music from the show. Correct. You know, yeah, it, it was used to build upon the available amount of music, not replace it or not. Yeah, yeah. All right, so either way, for the most part, this this movie, I think... Uh, might be the the first real time from the ground up that they're having entirely new music built to the animation, mm-hmm. uh, and you know not even thinking about the the use of it later in the Dream Nine stuff. I mean, yeah, uh, I think that yeah, definitely seeing it in context and seeing how it plays into the animation uh, is uh, is is definitely important. But uh, I mean, even from the couple clips that I saw, like I think Anime News Network had a few embedded on their site or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that it, it it seemed to work pretty okay. But I mean, those are just a couple minutes. So, you know, right. time will tell, but uh, I'll have to go take a listen to more of it in depth later and, uh, you know, hear how it sounds in general. Hey, Kai Zenshu. <clears throat> hey, Khan Zenshu. Thank you, Ross. <laughs> uh, very, very briefly. Sorry, Ross, just kidding with you. Thanks for all the hard work you put into the site. It's absolutely the best on the web. I have a really specific question. Well, we have hopefully a really specific answer. I'm dying to know the name of a certain song or the soundtrack it's on. It's played during Goku's 20 times Kamehameha against Frieza and abused in Dragon Ball used in the raid against the Red Ribbon Army. I have checked out several compilation discs, but they're not to be found. Any info would be great, and thanks for your time. All right, so a couple things here. <laughs> I, I love doing this question after our last question because it's music-related. That wasn't my plan, but I'm so glad that they, they tied in so nicely. We have a great buddy on our forum, Kenny Sue 3000 who you think I love Dragon Ball background music. He is above and beyond to the extreme awesomeness of appreciation and documentation. He's got a wonderful site that I can link to. It's uh, We actually finally put a sticky for it in the music subsection of our forum, where if you want to identify any piece of background music from the entirety of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, uh, does he have GT up there? I actually don't remember. I'll have to look at that. Uh, I know we did Kai as well with the Yamamoto score. He's got every episode broken down by scene, then what the M number is of that piece of background music, and that's kind of like the internal Toei Animation catalog number for whatever that individual piece of background music is. If that piece of music has a title, and then what CD you can find it on, if any at all. So 
you can already see how amazing and magical of a resource this is. So I don't even know what scene this, I mean, I, I know what the scene is in the context of the series, but just reading your email, I don't know what the episode number is or anything like that. So just, I went to his site, I went to DBZ, I typed in 20X, I'm scrolling down, I'm like, oh, okay, it's probably here in episode 91, which the name of the episode is Showdown, The Embodiment of Flame, and then 20 times Kaioken Kamehameha. So as I'm scrolling down here, and you're saying, oh, it's also from this other part of Dragon Ball is using the Red Ribbon arc. Okay, looking at the thing here, the the scene is probably using M109 and Kenichi's got it broken down here. It's uh, part of Goku and Chi-Chi to the rescue from Dragon Ball. All right, that's from the original series. And yes, that this piece may in fact be on a soundtrack that would be on the Daizenshu set, which was a five-disc collection of music that came out in, I want to say, 94, 95. I don't remember exactly. And if this is the correct scene, well, it's on that uh, music collection. There's a couple other things in there, though. Uh, I know that there's some movie three music in that scene, and it looks like, yes, uh, DBZ movie three, that is the scene before it uses that. So really, I might not be able to give you a definitive answer right now, but if you check out his site and his listing, compare it to what you have, you'll have your answer. And that is just the power of the internet. And I love, love, love the friends of Konzenshu that have taken taken upon themselves to do some of the things that we never got a chance to do. And why would I bother doing it now? Because it's done so well here, just so incredibly well. There is your collection of answers. You now have this entire other resource to just throw yourself into. You're welcome. Enjoy the rest of your week. What's the, what's the site, by the way, where all this stuff is archived? If you want to find it, uh, just you're listening right now, you want to click it uh, a couple ways. If you're on Consensu, go to the music subsection of our forum, and it's going to be the first sticky there. You want to find Identify Music, click that. Or if you're in front of a browser, Kenisu, K-E-N-I-S-U dot webs, W-E-B-S dot com. Unfortunately, it is on one of those kind of like free web hosting things. So I think he ran over his bandwidth limit last month at some point. So that kind of stuff does happen. But uh, that is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful resource. Also, I, I need to check that out after this episode, because if he has the GT stuff anywhere. Oh, yes, he does. I'm going to have to find out which one is the uh, the music that uh, is when Goku uses that giant spirit bomb to fight against Shenlong. Uh, Yishin Long, because I have searched for that for literally a decade and oh, I've not been able to find it. Toward the end of the series. Well, uh, as I'm sure you know, the thing with GT is it never actually had a music CD released. The closest wah. was the soundtrack to the 10th anniversary movie, which did use music from GT. Obviously, that was just whatever was in that movie. It didn't include the entirety of the rest of it. Like all those wonderful variations on Hitori Janai and oh, the Don Don instrumentals. There's so many good things in there, but... No proper CD release. I'm gonna sad. have to. I'm gonna have to delve in here and, and find some things because oh, that is exciting. Are you looking at it right now? Isn't it insane? Yeah, that it's dude, awesome. Uh, can, can you, if you're listening to this, uh, damn fine job, dude. This is really impressive. <laughs> My God. All right, so let's jump back over to Twitter. We have so many more questions. So many great things. I guess we'll jump back to the Battle of Gods here with our buddy Ryan Caster. What are your predictions on an estimated Battle of Gods home release in Japan and the USA? I'm not sure how to interpret that question, like success or when it's going to come out, that kind of thing. I guess let's go with when it's going to come out. In Japan, I would have to assume it's going to be maybe like fall 
autumn-ish of this year. Uh, I have to go back and check and see, like, uh, the best equivalent would be One Piece, uh, Strong World, whenever that came out after its theatrical release. I don't think Film Z is out on a home release, because that was only out in, like, November or December, so. Uh, but maybe, like, half a year later. And the home release, there's various quotes floating around out there. We talked about it earlier this episode. I'm sure whoever's working on it is doing their best to get it. But I guess let's go with success. What do you think, Chris? What would be a success? And could you even measure that success for a domestic release? No, I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, I think um, I think that if, if we were to bring it out over here, they would absolutely want to try to get it uh, in theaters to some capacity, even if it were like a limited uh, like the Funimation films kind of thing that they were doing a few years ago. Um, but uh, home release, I think that it would it would do even better if it had a theatrical release first. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it would really depend on what deal they would be able to work out with Fox uh, in in Japan. Uh, actually, here's a question to combat your question. Okay. I mean, over over here, the the uh, the amount of time that it takes between a theatrical release of a movie and a DVD or Blu-ray release or whatever is getting like smaller and smaller it these is. days. Yeah, yeah. Is that the same in Japan, or, or how does it work over there? Uh, Japan, who the fuck knows? They kind of do whatever they want over there, and uh, they still live in the world of individual DVD releases with two or three episodes. So they kind of march to their own drumbeat over there. Right. Uh, if if I had to look at theatrical stuff, I, I really don't know. Uh, I can't answer that question. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess then we can't really determine exactly when a DVD release would, or whatever would come out in Japan. Uh, it, it'll the- definitely be later this year. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's about all I got for that. Then. Well, then yeah. back to the success of an American release. How how would you measure that? Uh, well, I mean, considering for the most part, all Dragon Ball releases over here do pretty well. I think the only one well. that didn't do all that great was was the Blu-ray release <laughs> right, that, that I've been right. getting canned. But otherwise, everything else, you know, that aside, does extremely well. And just the fact that it's new material in general, like it, it has to sell well. I'm sure, like that in general, would would fly off the goddamn shelves. Yeah, this would be a guaranteed moneymaker. Like you said, it's new material, something people have never seen before. It's not just, oh, remember Raditz? Remember how you already bought this eight times? It's something completely different from that. And just the amount of excitement that's out there from people who have not bought all of the TV series. Like, for them, it was just a show that they watched. And if they own it or not, they don't really care. But a new thing, they would totally go back out and buy that. And I think they would tap into that audience like never before faux show faux show uh i'm i guess i'll stick with twitter we'll do another question here uh connor asks who composed the soundtrack for ultimate tinka ichi and had they worked with the franchise prior to that oh well there's two parts of ultimate blast ultimate tinka ichi which was the last uh new console game it's weird because the last console games were things like the budokai hd collection obviously not a new game because it was an hd collection dbz for connect was i guess it controlled new but it was just ultimate blast ultimate tenkaichi with connect controls and even ultimate tenkaichi was just raging blast 2 with a different kind of design skin and some story mode stuff yeah that game so it had its fighting and it had its reanimated scenes if I remember correctly, the reanimated new scenes in the story mode for Ultimate Tenkaichi was music by Hiroshi Takaki, who did the music for Plan to Eradicate the Super Science. Now, I can't remember if he also did 
all of the music for just like the regular fighting throughout the entirety of the game, like the menu music and the in-game fighting music. I'd have to look that up. Uh, it definitely was not Kenji Yamamoto. We can at yeah. least say that for certainty. Uh-huh. Did you hear what happened um, with Raging Blast 2 and how that got reissued? Uh, yeah, I think that wasn't it just every game in general that had his music in it, it all got like redone with new stuff. Is, is that right? Well, Raging Blast 2 in particular, because that was the game before that. And that was right around the awful time of Kenji Yamamoto lol's awesomeness. So that game came out. Uh, it had its music. You know, it was whatever it was. And then a few months later, people were buying it. And I guess the opening theme it was a new opening theme. It was Battle of Omega lyrics by or I guess vocal performance by Hironobu Kakeyama I guess the music that started playing for people was the replacement opening music from Budokai Tenkaichi 2 back on the PlayStation 2 and then the entirety of the music in that game was ripped from that PS2 game instead of the new music for Raging Blast 2 so it was like replacement music replaced replacement music you can't explain this to people this is what I live and cry about every week on this show. It's like, I, I can't fucking explain it to you. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's different. Yep. Dragon Ball. It's a thing. It's music. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> ju- just, just say, just say you're sorry. That's all you really need to say. I, I just keep Google analytics up all day long and I just stare at it. And every time I see uh, searches come in for things like, why is the music different in Budokai HD collection? And why is Raging Blast 2 music Budokai Tenkaichi 2 music? And they get to the right page, which is wonderful because I, I know they're getting their answer. They're either going to the Kenji Yamamoto retrospective or an update about Budokai HD collection that addresses it. So I, I feel good that people are getting the answer. But I'm also like, buddy, I'm crying with you as well because I hope this answers it for you. It's not a good answer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just, yeah, I think I think I'm sorry just suffices as an answer to any further questions about music from here on out. Right. All right. Uh, let's jump down here. Uh, Chris, why don't you read Gomez's question? Sure. Gomez uh, asks, I want to know if the Dragon Ball Z video game Zenkai Battle Royale will appear on systems such as PS3, Xbox 360, or PC. We don't know. And we hope. <laughs> you were talking about it earlier. You think there's a potential for this to receive a home port this year. Why do you think that? Uh, I think that uh, you mentioned, well, you, you said this on many episodes in the past, that they're biding their time. I think that the new movie and having Beerus and uh, and maybe even Whis at some point and uh, Super Saiyan God Goku would, uh, would be the thing worth waiting for. Mm. So... I would wager that if not just flat out making a Battle of Gods the game, I think that this would be the next thing. Well, or at is least... it, isn't this that game now? Because all three of those things are included in Zenkai Battle Royale now. That's true. I think uh, I think that if we were to get a home console port, uh, it would probably have to be uh, redone a little bit. Like it might not even necessarily be called Zenkai Battle Royale because I mean, you know, like how Connect was basically Ultimate Tenkaichi mm-hmm. slash Blast. Uh, I think that um, in order to make it work for home console and internationally as well, it would have to be rebranded as something else entirely. I would hope they would keep the assets and the, you know, the uh, the gameplay and everything because the gameplay still sounds fantastic. Really, you think they would rebrand it somehow? You, you don't think Zenkai Battle Royale would be appropriate enough of a title for a for an international release? I mean, maybe for Japan, I, I think they would just keep they it know as, what like, it you know, is, yeah. yeah, but but for us, we would probably have to refer to it as an entirely different game, like an entirely different product, because it wouldn't even be the same thing that they had it, because, I mean, for them, it's it's like a, you know, a multi-console 
uh, or not console, but like you know the like when when they have those arcade games with like multiple yeah, screens there's like for four of them in a row you can network with yeah yeah exactly didn't they did they just do one for like they, they had a Sonic like athletics game or something like that where they what? have the screens lined up you didn't hear about that no, yeah there's, no. a Son- there's a Sonic game in Japan where uh you, you it's like a treadmill and you have like a Sonic character in front oh, of geez. you that just runs in front of you and they're all lined up with like like six or seven characters. But uh, yeah, it's something like that uh, for Japan just to start with. So if we were to get it, it would be just a totally different product, like just to start off with. Hmm. So uh, I don't know, but I, I I want it. I'm excited about it every time I hear something about it. But I would also just like a new DBC game in general because we really haven't had one for now, like at least two or three years. Yeah. So in terms of know. like a new experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to see that. Hey, we've been predicting Zenkai Battle Royale for two years, and I know I think we need to stop predicting it and just be like, whenever you give it to us, that's okay. <laughs> like I suppose yeah. we can just start being patient. Whatever. Yes, please. Uh let's see. You know what? Maybe we'll wrap it up with this one. We've had a, a good run of an episode here, and this is one of those patting myself on the back uh emails, but I'm gonna read it anyway, because this is how I feel about other podcasts, and I don't always take the opportunity to thank people. So when someone does for me, actually kind of makes my day. Matt says, Hey, I'm Matt. I started listening to the podcast in February and I'm on episode 200. Well, I guess you're not going to hear this for a little bit, but eventually you will. I have to say this is the greatest thing I've heard in a long time. Thank you so much. I live in Arkansas, which means you are extremely strange for watching cartoons past childhood. After listening to your podcast, I am now relieved that so many other people out there share the Dragon Ball love that I've had since I was a child. But I'm only 20, so that wasn't all that long ago. <laughs> all I have to say is keep this podcast going. All of you are fantastic and keep my graveyard shift job enjoyable. Good wishes to you all. Shadow out. Uh, Mystic Shadow 496 there, Matt. Uh, Chris, you do a lot of podcast listening while you're animating. I do indeed. I, I have had uh, you and all of your friends. I'm with uh, you all the time. All the time. Yeah, no, it's it, which is funny, which is why when I met you at Anime Next, I'm, I'm acting like I know you. I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird. I mean, I feel that same way too. And it's, it's a very strange situation for me to be in because to me, I'm just a dude and I do this Dragon Ball stuff and then I go home and whatever. But and, and there's no way for me to say this without it sounding egotistical, but it's like, but I am with people. A lot, whether it's my words on the website or my voice on the podcast or interacting on the forum or on Twitter and stuff like I know that I'm with a lot of you a lot. And that's weird, but it's also kind of awesome. But I'm that way with other podcasts and other sites. So I can sort of put myself in that situation where it's like, oh, yeah, I know you. Oh, we've never met. Yeah. And I mean, like, I- I've had similar experiences, not just with other podcasts that I've been on. Like I, I do with Chow. Uh, on Wednesdays with, you know, that's, I, I meet lots of people that listen to that show at different conventions and things. And then, you know, even just for my own animation stuff, you know, people like, like tell me, Oh, I love Tom. Oh, I love th- I love this. I love that, etc And, you know, it means a lot because I, I, I don't really think about it that often either, but I try to be relatively interactive with people. And I mean, you, you have, you have like your forum. I have like my Facebook page and Twitter and whatnot. You know, I think it's I think it's definitely cool, and I mean, for me personally, like for your show, I, I've been having this thing for three hundred episodes while I'm animating crap, and it's uh, it's been a fun ride. I've I've learned a lot out of it, not just about the show, but about podcasting and about proper fan etiquette, about you know being educated as much as possible on something that you're a fan of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's 
it served me well in many cases. And I, I mean, I, I can still remember listening to like, even as early as the fourth episode, I used to listen to the Scott Melzer one all the time, because even in that early episode, you guys were talking about really important things about anime fandom and about Dragon Ball in general. And it was like, yeah, this is cool. I don't mind listening to this. However many times I did throughout <laughs> working on shit into hours into the night. Oh, thanks, so. man. I mean, that's what I want to hear that, you know, we say at the beginning of the episode, hopes and lightning and a little bit of entertaining. And I've been saying that for 300 episodes now. I'm pretty sure I started saying that with like episode 10. That's been the tagline of the podcast ever since then. But I really want it to be true. I want the show to be enjoyable where it's just, you know, we're kicking back, we're having conversations and that's fun. You want to listen to, and you were even, you were, you were almost angry at me last week where it's like, I want to be on the goddamn show because you're having these conversations and I just want to butt in and talk about <laughs> things with you. It's true. <laughs> It's true. You guys have been talking about this movie. And they're just like, oh, I have a thing to say about this movie. I have a thing to say about this game. I have a, oh, God. Oh, wait. Mike's listen. not actually here in front of me right now. Damn it. <laughs> so I want it to be like that. That means that part of the show is doing its job well. But I do also want it to be, hey, remember, Konzenshu is really your only good source for Dragon Ball in English right now. And I want us to prove that and earn your support and earn your love and dedication to us each and every week. And I want us to do that. I want to think we're doing a good job at that. And when I do hear people say, Hey, yeah, you actually are doing that. That makes me feel wonderful. So I appreciate that. I don't need to hear it all that often, but it is nice when we do get it every once in a while. So Matt, thank you so much. Whenever you get to this episode, um, thank you. Uh, please enjoy your graveyard shift i'm sorry but at least we can be there along for the ride and uh helping keep you awake and sane when i when i hear when i hear graveyard shift job i just think of that dude from ocarina oh my god i was gonna say the same thing oh lord <laughs> what is that character's name i don't again? remember mary's the uh ocarina fan in the house oh, okay yeah mary it's his name is Boop. whatever we'll cut back oh thanks mary <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but that's I'm I'm very sorry, Matt. Now we're laughing at your expense. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, so there's that. Uh, you know what? Let's bring this episode to a close. I've enjoyed my time with you, Chris. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you for letting me be on. To answer your question uh, in response to me yelling at you. Uh, yes. The, the the only idea for a podcast topic that I would like to do would be uh, talking about like. Uh, Dragon Ball Z's influence on Flash animation back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know what? You are kind of the expert for that. So, yes, let's consider that a future topic. Uh, I, see, that's the thing, though. I am and I am, I, and I'm not because I wasn't in the animation scene at the time that was happening. So any research I could do would really be just looking it up and seeing what was what. Oh, whatever, but, dude. <laughs> what am I going to know? Nothing. Whatever you say, you're going to convince me, so that's fine. Maybe we'll, man, maybe we'll do that for a future episode. All Who right. knows? So stay tuned for that, folks. Yeah, we got yeah. a lot of great episodes coming your way. This episode just had to be a chill one, but uh, we do have the Hokotate quiz extravaganza Japanese episode follow up. We've got plenty of music reviews coming your way. We've got the Dream 9 collaboration special review. Uh, there's... GT review of awesomeness number four. There's many things coming your way, but uh, let's bring this one here to a close. Chris, why don't you tell people what you got out there? Who are you? What do you do? What should people check out? Uh, sure. Um, you can, uh, you can check out my animated show that does have some Dragon Ball Z influence. There's a character in it named Zeto who has spiky hair and shoots energy blasts out of his arm. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's Dragon Ball related. 
you can go check that out. Go to facebook.com slash tome series, T-O-M-E series. And uh, we got seven episodes out. It's it's pretty neat. If you like cyberpunk stuff like Mega Man Battle Network or Reboot or Dot Hack or Sword Art, whatever that show is, apparently people tell me it's kind of like it. Uh, check it out. It's neat. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kerberfer, K-I-R-B-O-P-H-E-R. Uh, and I'm on Tumblr by the same thing and, and other such stuff. But, uh, yeah, and very once in a while I will post on the, uh, Constitu forums about something relevant, in a, like, once in a blue moon. But, uh, yeah, so that's it, and maybe I'll be back if we, uh, do that episode. We'll see what happens. Dude, I'm old. I don't even know what Tumblr's for. <laughs> uh, well, there's another avenue for you to explore eventually, and you don't I have to worry about- I am a social media expert, and I get paid for things. What is Tumblr? You don't have to worry about, uh, getting the name changed, like the Facebook page, so, Oh, jeez. All right, so thank you. I appreciate it, sir. Yeah, you, you do appreciate it. I do. I appreciate it hard. Whoa, whoa. okay. Well, I, I need to leave now. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Uh, so for Chris over there, my name is Mike Vegito EX. You can check us all out on Kanzenshu, K-A-N-Z-E-N-S-H-U-U dot com. Your number one only source. If you read anything else, you're in for a world of hurt right now. There are so many bad things out there about Dragon Ball, and we can only do so much to fight and combat against it. The best thing you can do is be educated and we are your best source for that so comesenshu.com in your ears every week with the podcast we got articles we got news we got content we got translations we got new guides coming so many things going on but uh occasionally we gotta sleep but uh th- th- there's stuff coming and it's awesome super awesome super exciting good night everybody later folks This is Kan Zenshu, the podcast, episode 331 for the, for the, what is the words? Yep, that worked. Yeah, you know, I really am excited about that, that new, uh, 200 episode series, uh, you know, cause I can't wait for the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Broly is brought back from the dead because that's a good idea.